Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One very important topic for ethics, certainly for virtue ethics, that comes up in Nick McCann Ethics Book 6 is the question about what the relationship is between what we might say forms of intellectual excellence and forms of moral excellence. Or if we want to put it in more determinate forms, what is the relationship between wisdom, prudence, if prudence is indeed something different than wisdom, and virtue or the virtues? Aristotle is writing against a backdrop in which, as he notes, Socrates has taught something quite different. Socrates coming to him through Plato's own writings and, of course, Plato's own teaching, since Aristotle was a student of Plato. Socrates had said that the virtues themselves were something like kinds of knowledge or types of principles, and that wisdom itself was one of the virtues. In fact, it was needed in order to have the other virtues in some of the dialogues, you'll see not only wisdom itself being discussed, but some of the other virtues being arranged in terms of being guided by wisdom, or sometimes even said to be knowledge or wisdom about certain things. And so Aristotle is trying to differentiate his view apart from that of Socrates and, by extension, that of Plato. This is also, I would say, something that sets Aristotle apart from his his Stoic interlocutors who are going to come on the scene afterwards. By interlocutors, I mean they're, they're writing in response to him, not that he's actually talking with them. So in Aristotle's way of understanding this, wisdom and prudence are two different intellectual dispositions. Wisdom, you remember, has to do with the higher part of the highest part of the soul, the rational part of the soul. Aristotle had divided the rational part of the soul into two parts. The higher part dealt with things that were eternal, or at least whose principles were not changing. So, you know, for example, the heavens, or the, the natures of, of things, right? The, the universals that we can study. And wisdom, indeed, was quite expansive. Prudence deals with the whole realm of the practical sphere, where we do our most of our living, as well as much of our thinking. Now, it doesn't encompass everything, but it is a kind of what we call practical wisdom, an understanding of what is good for human beings in a variety of different ways. And so wisdom and prudence, while Plato would often use these rather synonymously, Aristotle wants to split them apart and say, look, one deals with one type of thing, which really is good for human beings. Another deals with the practical good, practical life, what we need to do, what decisions we need to make, how we need to prioritize, weigh goods against each other, deal with difficult situations. Now, he considers several different objections that might be made about saying that prudence has something to do with moral virtue. By the way, in Aristotle's view, wisdom really is not going to have much to do with moral virtue because it's it's concerned just with the things that are sort of higher than human beings. Prudence is seemingly concerned with the realm of moral virtue, but some people might raise some objections. So one of these would be, 
Look, prudence focuses on the goods for a human being. There I'm kind of abbreviating because Aristotle actually says on the beautiful and the just and, and the good and the useful, all these ranges of value prudence takes into account. Prudence presumably can say something meaningful about those. Aristotle says, though, does knowing about those sorts of things actually make us more apt to do those things? The term there is praktikotroi, more practical, more liable to get things done. So think back to Nicomachean Ethics Book 2, where Aristotle raised a criticism that many philosophers have had to raise when they're doing ethics, which is, Simply reading the book is not going to make you a good person. Simply developing some knowledge about, you know, what's good and, and what's bad and why it's good and why it's bad. We, what we sometimes say, you know, book smarts versus street smarts or practical matters. If prudence really boils down to just being able to give the right answer at the right time, it doesn't really make us ready to do things. Then we require the virtues as aptnesses in order to do something. Maybe the virtues would be guided by prudence in a certain sense or informed by it because it would tell them what to do, but the virtues would be doing the, the heavy lifting. Aristotle doesn't think that's right, but he does want to consider that view. Here's another interesting question too. Well, let's say prudence really is useful in helping one to become virtuous. What good is it after you become virtuous? Isn't it more like a ladder that after you climb up, will you throw away? You don't need it after you become virtuous because you've got these habits and you're going to operate according to the habits. You don't need to think things out anymore in order to, to make them work. But Aristotle will also reject that notion as well. Third, maybe prudence is not really useful for the not yet virtuous or the people who are not virtuous. Why? Well, they can just listen to somebody else who's got prudence. They don't need to acquire it themselves. Aristotle says, hey, when you go to the doctor, now this may not apply to some of you if you're a little obsessive about this sort of thing. When you go to the doctor, you don't need to get your medical degree, right? You just need to find out what the doctor has to say about what you need to do in a particular situation. Similarly, you know, when it comes to like coaching, right? Clients don't need to know everything that you know in order for in a particular discussion you to give them some useful guidance about how they might think out what the right thing is to do. There's many cases where we don't need expert knowledge, we just need expert advice. Maybe prudence is like that. We can just sort of consult somebody else who's prudent and get the advice that we need and then we're okay. Aristotle rejects all of those in part because they get prudence wrong. They also get virtue wrong. As we pointed out earlier on, Aristotle discusses this in book two of the Nicomachean Ethics, to be virtuous means to act in the right ways. That is to act the way the virtuous person does, which is to act in accordance with right principle, which is to act the way the prudent person does. So there's an intrinsic connection for Aristotle between prudence and the virtues. In fact, he goes so far as to suggest that it might actually be the case that you can't really be prudent without possessing virtues, and on the other hand, you can't possess virtues without being prudent. That's a subject matter for a different discussion, but it's an interesting one nonetheless. Aristotle says prudence is needed in addition to the other virtues. And remember, prudence is an intellectual virtue. The other virtues are the moral or ethical virtues. Why? He says virtue gives the right aim when we're trying to find out what we're supposed to do. The scopos in that passage. 
In other places, he'll talk about virtue supplying the principle, the arche, the starting point. So virtue, as a habit, it puts us in the right starting frame to apprehend what's going on in the situation, and it helps us see what we ought to be doing. So if, I, if I'm going to be generous, my aim in generosity is not to be a big shot and throw my money around or just to make myself feel good by doing retail therapy. It's actually to have that money do some good for other people, thereby to do something noble. So virtue gives the right aim. He says that prudence gives what is related to that right aim. This is translated in some translations as, you know, virtue gives the end, prudence gives the means to the end. That's actually technically correct. But what Aristotle is actually saying there is ta pros tuton, the things that are in relation to that. So prudence helps you attend to all of the other particulars in the situation that matter. You might say that prudence is the governor that makes virtue act the way that it should entirely. Without prudence, virtue wouldn't be entirely virtuous. And this is not Aristotle saying that, this is just an inference that I'm drawing. Aristotle also says, look, virtue cooperates with right principle. He says it is, it is with reason, right? It is not itself reason, but it cooperates with right principle. And in practical matters of conduct, what is right principle? It is prudence. This is why that Aristotle says that the virtuous person does what they do in accordance with prudence earlier on in the Nicomachean Ethics. So prudence is actually going to be required at least to some degree. Perhaps one won't be totally prudent, but it'll be required in some degree in order for a person to be virtuous and in order for those virtues to be applied in the right way at the right time with all of the various rights that we talk about. So again, Aristotle splits off practical wisdom or prudence from speculative wisdom or Sophia. And then prudence is, you might say, it's, it's in some respects the architecture architectonic virtue that makes all the other virtues possible, that keeps them on the right track. So it plays an incredibly important role within Aristotle's ethics. A person cannot really be thoroughly, in all respects, a good person without having cultivated the virtue of prudence. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.